What's up, Wolfpack fans? What's up, Irish fans? Welcome to this special crossover episode today where we will be breaking down Saturday's matchup between the NC State Wolfpack and the 10th-ranked Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Locked On Podcasts are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's opening sponsor is GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. We welcome in Tyler Wojak of Locked On Irish to break down this 2-0 start for Notre Dame and also what to expect here this weekend in Raleigh for the marquee matchup. Welcome, Tyler. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, excited to do this. It feels like the college football season is officially starting this week, and a uh, crossover episode is a good way to get it rolling. Yeah, I kind of want to get into that because, you know, unofficially it is kind of the first week of the year for the Irish. Of course, they are 2-0. They've benefited from, I guess, maybe a cupcake schedule in their first two games, but not to say they haven't looked impressive in doing so. Sam Hartman has been virtually everything as advertised. The offense has been rolling. The defense has been stiff. You know, the last time these two teams faced each other was in 2017. That was the game that we saw Josh Adams run all over NC State, over 200 yards on the ground, and the Irish literally ran away with a 35-14 victory. But the year before that, NC State fans still cling to this as one of our uh, our most storied victories. That was the Hurricane game in 2016 here in Raleigh, an absolute mud bath that was highlighted by the block punt to effectively seal the deal for the Wolfpack. We're hoping to avoid another hurricane here in 2023. Of course, it's been rumored that there could potentially be one on the way, uh, hopefully clear skies on Saturday. But getting straight into this matchup here, Tyler, we're going to start with breaking down the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And I guess I'll start here with quarterback Sam Hartman. Transferred in from Wake Forest. He's been one of the top QBs uh, out of the portal joining Notre Dame. Marcus Freeman has gotten off to a a quick 2-0 start here for Notre Dame. What has kind of jumped off the page to you? What's been the most impressive points in your first two games thus far? Well, let's get the caveats out of the way. You already mentioned it, 2-0, but the two games that Notre Dame has played so far has not been against the most stout competition in the world. The season opener against Navy. Usually that Navy game is pretty tough. It was not this year. Notre Dame just rolled all over him. And then Tennessee State was the first time Notre Dame had ever played an FCS school. So that doesn't really count either. But all that aside, if you were to draw up a a better way for this season to start, then I have a hard time imagining it because it really has been nearly perfect. Sam Hartman leads the way. Um, It's been a long time since Notre Dame has had a quarterback of his caliber, I would say probably since Jimmy Clausen, at least as a passer um, in terms of like the superstar nature that Sam Hartman is sort of building right now. That hasn't happened really since Brady Quinn way back in 2006. So that's been the biggest thing by far. It's the thing that uh, the fan base is most excited about because it's always kind of felt like even during Notre Dame's best years, like 2018, when they went undefeated in the regular season, 2020, same deal. And even 2012, those are really great teams. They lacked a true elite level quarterback. And I loved Ian book. I thought he was great. He was a really good college football player. The winning his quarterback in Notre Dame history. But when it came time to play against the big boys, like he just wasn't at that level. He wasn't going to win you games. Like you weren't going to win because of Ian book. And I think it's a little bit different story with Sam Hartman. Yeah. And I, I, I want to say looking at Sam Hartman, we've seen them uh, play against some high level defenses before coming in to, to Notre Dame. And I think that's the biggest difference between him and most of the quarterbacks who came out of the port, right? You saw, a lot of quarterbacks who who went in, especially last year, if you want to stick in the ACC, you've got uh, since technically Notre Dame is a member 
a full voting member, you know, which I have my feelings about. But do we have a full vote? Yeah, technically speaking, speaking, Notre Dame has a full vote in terms of realignment and all that good stuff. Y'all have a full vote, which, you know, I'll save my feelings for that for another time. We'll save that for another time. But but, uh, in all seriousness, he's one of the few quarterbacks that has played a lot of good football. If you look at Tony Musket, for example, the new starter at UVA, he played at Monmouth. He didn't, you know, he he didn't play anywhere too special. The first quarterback that NC State played this year um, in UConn in, in Fagnano, uh, he played at Maine. He didn't play any any high level, uh, any FBS opponents, or at least play a good chunk of FBS opponents before coming in here. And that's the difference with Harmon. You've seen him against the best defenses in the nation. You've seen him uh, against the best defensive backs, best rush pass rush that you'll see. That best pass rush the college can buy more or less with NIL now, but the you've seen him go against that before and, and he's looked good and he's held uh, steady so far in Notre Dame. Yeah. I know that I'm supposed to ask you guys questions in the second segment, but I'll ask you one right now. Are either of you afraid of Sam Hartman? No, probably no. not. I, I don't blame you. Like I've watched those three games. Uh, he's one and two against NC state in the past. So it's going to be really interesting uh, for Notre Dame fans who, if they've only watched these two games from Hartman so far this season, they think he's, as good of a quarterback as there is in college football. We all know that Sam Harmon at Wake Forest had some extreme highs and extreme lows, and some of those lows came against NC State. Now, granted, it's a much different situation for him at Notre Dame than it ever was at Wake Forest. And I ask that because um, I know that Notre Dame is not going to take this game lightly because of what Sam Hartman has dealt with going up against NC State. Uh, I watched that game last year. He did throw three picks. Granted, he did also throw the ball 48 times yeah. in that game. And I think Wake Forest's rushing attack helped him out by getting 17 total rushing yards on 25 attempts. So he's really had to put the team on his back, or he had to at least when he was at Wake Forest. I don't think that's going to be the case now. But it's really his first big test and really the team's test. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see Sam Hartman going up against quality competition like NC State. Right. And of course, the Notre Dame offense, the headliner is always going to be Sam Hartman. But I want to hear more about what else you guys have under the hood. And Kenton and I actually had this take, I believe it was either Tuesday or Wednesday's episode. But we said that Sam Hartman's receiving core at Wake Forest was better than the receiving core that he has here at Notre Dame. I want to give you the chance to defend them here. Honestly, it's from your perspective, it's it's hard to disagree with that. Notre Dame doesn't have a player, at least right now, that has proven to be as capable as a guy like A.T. Perry was at Wake right. Forest. He was awesome. And uh, so far, Notre Dame has had – they have a lot of unproven wide receivers. Personally, I think that over time, a lot of these guys will develop because sure. I'll just be honest with you. Last year, the wide receiver situation at Notre Dame was really bad. Right. I, at one point – I, they couldn't even run like a full practice because they only had six scholarship receivers left on the roster. But Chancey Stuckey came in. He's the wide receivers coach. He's totally revamped that room, signed four guys last year uh, and expect two of them, two true freshmen to play Jane Greathouse. Uh, he had two touchdowns against Navy and then Rico Flores. He's from California. He's uh, a real part of the rotation now. So they, I would say Notre Dame lacks an explosive wide receiver number one, okay. but the way that Sam Hartman has been distributing the ball, at least through the first two games, he's been getting it all over the field, like a right. bunch of different guys getting catches. Notre Dame doesn't have uh, a Michael Mayer level tight end like they have in the past, but they have s- some very capable pass catchers there at tight end as well. So I'm not even going to push back on that too much uh, until a receiver at Notre Dame really steps up and plays at the level that someone like A.T. Perry did. But I think the depth of the room top to bottom is a little bit better. 
uh, than maybe what he had at Wake Forest. And I think this is a great measuring stick for the, the wide receivers as well because NC State is a great secondary. And if someone were to step up in this game, I think it would say a lot uh, about their capabilities, whoever that player may be. Sure. Absolutely. And let's let, let's get into the other side of the ball because I played defensive line in college. I want to talk about your defense. I want to okay. talk about the guys who are who are made for the stops. You got Marcus Freeman, who was never a head coach before this, specifically defensive coordinator and all that coming into this. What is it that makes this defense so special that you've allowed six points coming in through your first three games or two games? So honestly, I think the best position group on the defense hasn't really even had a chance to showcase showcase itself yet because I think Notre Dame's cornerbacks, that duo between Benjamin Morris and Cam, and Cam Hart is exceptional. But when you're playing Navy, they don't really get to do a lot at cornerback. Right. Sure. And even at safety, they're they're in there to tackle. So you can't really take too much from that game from a defense from the defensive side of the ball because they're going up against the triple option. So far, uh, it's really been the linebackers. Notre Dame has a really experienced group of linebackers. They're three fifth-year seniors in uh, J.D. Bertrand, Maris Leofau, and Jack Kaiser. Uh, I think they've played so much football at the college level, and they've been really stout so far. And, and one thing that's great about having three veteran guys at the position is Notre Dame has played Navy and Tennessee State, both in their season openers. And Al Golden, the defensive coordinator, has said that both teams showed some exotic looks, something that they had never seen before on film. But Al Golden was able to adjust on the fly mid-game, and certainly it helps when you have those veteran linebackers who are able to recognize that and then execute the adjustments in the game. So, so far this season, I think the most impressive group has been the linebackers. But in this game against NC State, I'm really excited to watch the quarterbacks because I think it's their first real chance to shine. Good deal. All right. Alrighty, so last last Notre Dame question here, and I want to jump back to the offense here briefly because I do think ultimately this will likely be the deciding factor in the game. I want to talk about Audric Estime. Okay. He has been a a bull in a china shop here these first two games for the Irish. What can you expect now facing, I guess, I don't want to say a real defense. What do you expect for from Estime in this game facing an NC State defense that really prides itself on run defense? What, what are you looking for there? A lot more carries from him than we've okay. seen so far this season because Notre Dame has been rotating a lot at running back, and I think part of that is because they're conserving estimate, not just for this game, but all season long because he's such a big guy, because he absorbs so much contact. But he is just a massive dude. He's listed at like 227 pounds. He looks way bigger. He looks yeah. bigger than most linebackers, and there's not like an ounce of body fat on him. So – he leads the country with 16 forced uh, missed tackles so far this season. He averages over five yards after contact. So I know that NC State was really good at uh, stopping the run last year, and I think that Notre Dame's identity is all about their physicality and who better to sort of lead that charge than a guy like Audrey Gesme, who is built like a bull. So I expect him to get more carries in this game than he has all season. Like I said, they've been rotating a lot. They've been sort of con- – uh, conserving him to an extent but i expect them to really lean on lean on him in this game and try to set the tone not just for this game but potentially the season going forward no doubt well in just a minute here we're going to basically flip chairs tyler will interview kent and i about what to look for during nc state but first a word from our sponsors our first sponsor today is linkedin these days every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business you want to be 100% certain that you have the best access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Just add your job with the purple hashtag hiring frame 
to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. These simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Okay. We've talked a lot about the Notre Dame side of things. I'm excited to hear about NC state and the challenge that they'll present to Notre Dame this weekend. And we've talked a lot about Sam Hartman, but we haven't really talked a lot about Brennan Armstrong, the transfer quarterback from Virginia. Uh, This will be a second start for NC state. And I'm not sure. I actually, I guess we'll start there. Ken, what did you, what do you take away from the UConn season opener? And how do you think that'll translate into this game specifically for Brennan Armstrong? Uh, Brennan Armstrong isn't afraid to put his body on the line. We knew that already coming in. But when you think about a fifth-year guy, when you think about a guy that's protecting his NFL draft stock and all that, you normally think to yourself, oh, this is a guy that doesn't want to take hits. He's going to be real averse with how he puts uh, – with with the situation he puts himself in. Brennan Armstrong don't care. The man is the Jeff Hardy of college football. He is going off the top rope every single time if that's what he feels like the team needs to win. Um, with that being said, the offensive line didn't really provide enough time for him to truly show a full display or his full arsenal. But that's one thing that I took away from this that I was a little surprised about because we've seen him in the past get hurt and banged up playing like that. And so you think to yourself, all right, this ain't a linebacker. This ain't a defensive end. This ain't a hard-hitting safety. This is a quarterback. After you get hurt playing quarterback that way, you think that you go back and adjust entirely your game plan. Not him. He's still rolling and and trucking and doing what he's got to do. And, hey, that's part of the reason why I really liked him, especially when he's at Virginia in that 2021 season. I mean, the dude is a dog. But you're right. Sometimes when you play like that, it can catch up to you. And he actually missed the game against Notre Dame in 2021 while he was at Virginia because he was dealing with injuries. And, Grace, in that season for in 2021 for Armstrong compared to what he did in 2022, it's like two different players. I almost refuse to believe that it was the same player at quarterback. Now he's obviously reunited with Robert and I, the offensive coordinator at NC State. What have they said, both Anai and Armstrong, about their reunion and how Armstrong could build off last season and sort of return to that 2021 form? Yeah, they both kind of laughed and said it was a bit funny seeing each other, you know, wearing red in a different building. It was kind of a familiar yet unfamiliar feeling, but I've been very interested to see how they were going to interact here in this new spot. But I really liked how Coach Anai has just explained that you know, Brennan has come in, he's worked hard, he's put his head down, he's earned the trust and respect of all of all of his teammates, and that is why you're seeing him QB1. That's why he's leading this team. And, you know, the selling point for a lot of NC State fans are, okay, well, we saw what you guys did in 2021. Now you bring that over here because we want some of that too. And, yeah, you mentioned Brennan's 2022 season. You know, UVA was just a mess. There's really no other way to phrase it last year. Brennan just never looked anything like he did in 2021. And so NC State is desperately trying to get 2021 Brennan here in 2023. And kind of mirroring what Kenton said there, we didn't really get to see much of that in our opener against UConn. I think the the O-line struggled a bit too much to be explosive down the field. That's been a focus here in practice this week is figuring out how to buy Brennan more time so that he can uh, attack down the field this week. But it's been... It's been very interesting to have these two here. Uh, it kind of felt like a package deal when they 
Uh, well, Anai was first, and then Brennan announced that he would transfer. But we've been very excited to see all of the things. Um, didn't get, really get to see a whole lot of it in week one. But, hey, if it happens this week against Notre Dame, we welcome it with open arms. Yeah, I want to talk about the NC State offensive line. Kenton, you said you were a defensive lineman, and that's your specialty. So I'd love to hear from you. What was uh, NC State's biggest problem on the offensive line in that season opener against UConn? Just losing one-on-ones. The other guy from across the ball was consistently better than them. It's hard to nail down one thing because I don't think that it was a situation where UConn was throwing a bunch of exotic blitzes and it was like, oh, man, you, there's there's no way to block that. That's just – or, you know, we looked uh, woefully underprepared in terms of scheme. It was literally UConn's lining up. They're going uh, four across the board, and they're saying, hey – my guy's going to be better than your guy. How about it? And NC State didn't have an answer uh, many times, which is which is very concerning because, again, I can deal with being out-schemed or, or deal with, you know, hey, they're, they're overloading one side and everybody on that side is dropping and the pressure is really coming from where everybody looks like they're about five yards off. Sure, I'll live with that, but, but being beat in one-on-one matchups is a little more concerning because that's harder to correct. Um, and that's, you know, more problematic, but also these are 18 to 23 year olds, right? Like everybody on this pod right now is, is, you know, outside of COVID year and eighth year seniors, we're not looking at you, Rosner. Uh, everybody on this podcast is too old to be playing college ball. So, you know, I, I don't expect 18 to 23 year olds to be their best selves every single week. Yeah. Especially in the season opener too. And, yeah. uh, I'm yeah. guessing the atmosphere this Saturday in Raleigh is just going to be a little bit more intense than what NC state was dealing with in East Hartford, Connecticut. But I actually want to talk about the atmosphere because I've never been to Raleigh. I've heard great things um, about Carter Finley stadium and the atmosphere there. So Grayson, what can Notre Dame expect uh, heading in? And even though it's, they're playing a noon game, um, what can they expect from that atmosphere and how much is the crowd going to be a factor? I I will say the only detractor is that it's a noon game, but regardless, it will be loud. It will be a madhouse. NC State fans every year chomp at the bit for this season opener. And, you know, arguably one of our bigger opponents all year uh, is slotted for that opening game. We're unveiling, I believe it's the biggest new video board in the ACC. So that's very exciting. A new sound system. So the place will be absolutely jumping. I, I even heard uh, Coach Doran the other day with his media availability kind of tease fans that they should just tailgate overnight so they're ready to go. Uh, Saturday morning into the noon kick, but it will be it'll be unlike anything Notre Dame has seen so far this year. Of course, the atmosphere out in Ireland was very cool to see, but you know it's just it just will not be the same as a Carter Finley on a Saturday afternoon. No, and I was at that game in Ireland. It was it was a home game, even though it was oh, yeah. Dublin, Ireland. It was it felt like a home atmosphere. So it'll be really interesting to see how Notre Dame holds up. Because I feel like you don't really learn a lot about your team until you go on the road and you play in a hostile environment Absolutely. and you deal with some adversity. And I expect Notre Dame to deal with some adversity this weekend. And the Irish of, were at home in Ireland. I know. I crazy, am crazy concept, by right? This. I'm I confused. Know. Exactly. They said there's like 39,000 people who made the trip, and I it felt like 38,000 of those people were Notre Dame fans. So this is their first true road game. It's going to be a really cool experience for the entire team, and it, it'll be a, a giant test for them. But part of that test is going to come courtesy of Tony Gibson, the NC State defense. We talked a little bit about the very beginning um, about how Sam Hartman has been interception prone against NC State. What did NC State do defensively 
to force those turnovers? And what could they do this Saturday to try to replicate those? I'll go to you, Ken. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I think that what they did last time to, to force those interceptions, they did the opposite of what you would expect. Sam Hartman is used to seeing NC State bring the house and say, you know what? If y'all beat us one-on-one, you'll beat us one-on-one, and we'll live with that. At multiple points in last year's game, I'm, I'm glad I'm bald because I would have pulled out hair if, that, if I had any because I'm saying, why are we dropping eight? Why are we dropping Oh, there's an interception. Okay, well, uh, maybe – Maybe that Gibson guy is a knower of ball, but seriously, uh, that's that's probably what they did. I mean, there was a lot of the passing lanes just were non-existent. The passing lanes were just non-existent, and the reality is very simple. When you can stop the run with only four to five in the box, at that point in time, the stopping the pass becomes way easier because you have more bodies to commit to the passing game, which, again, NC State, by and large, last year, if you look at our blitz percentage or look at our percentage of dropping eight, that was by far our highest game. Yeah, and, and adding in here real fast, something that Tony Gibson excels at is disguising his blitz packages. And yeah. something I heard him say on one of our ACC uh, media days here just weeks ago is he said, when we go to Vegas, we don't play $5 blackjack. We're going all in. And so this is a guy that will not be afraid of Sam Hartman. The secondary will not be afraid of Sam Hartman. We've seen him before. Of course, he is driving a, a shiny new chrome car now. But we're we're very accustomed to what he's able to do on the field. And I think the NC State defense is going to feel pretty confident uh, about their skills against his. Ken, how do you feel about NC State's defensive line going up against Notre Dame's offensive front? Because every year the offensive line is really going to take Notre Dame as, as far as they go. Basically, this year Notre Dame has two really strong tackles led by Joe Alt. He could be the first offensive tackle taken off the board in this year's NFL draft. But NC State is certainly a formidable opponent, especially on that D-line. I said this before on Locked on Wolfpack, and I'll say it now. One of the best things that could have ever happened to NC State happened. Some of our captains and our leaders did not play well against, against UConn. That is what you absolutely want to see because now you can light a fire under the entire team via sending a message to the, to the, uh, the, the stars and saying, hey, Davin Van, this, this 70-something yard run, this is on your head. This B gap here, this is your gap. You don't cross the tackle's face. The guard see the uh, tackle seals you off. We've got two hats in a gap, and what happens? If you're not in your gap, the ball will always find it. Well, guess what? This week, if you do that, Joe Ard is going to have a field day. Estime is going to have a field day. You're going to have a 200. Listen, I'm sorry. I'm not buying 225. Y'all can say that all you want. <laughs> no, I'm with but you. I, I don't believe I, it either. I know. I've, I've seen rosters live before. That You're going to have a 235 to 40-pound freight train running at your 190-pound soaking wet safety completely unmolested. Is that what you want for your, your defense? Absolutely not. So with that being said, um, I think that this will be a much better battle than folks think in the running game. I think the passing game is where Auden Company would have a more decided advantage. I believe uh, the the other tackle is, I believe, Gaines. Am I correct there? Or what's his name? For Notre Dame, Blake Fisher. Blake Fisher, that's his name. Blake Fisher is a, another guy that he's he excels in the passing game as well, and I think that both of those guys are going to present a lot of problems in terms of getting pressure just with rushing three or four. But with that being said, I, I think that this this running game is is going to be – it's going to be a heck of a battle to watch. It's going to be NC State prides themselves on the ability to do what they want to do up front and stop the run without having to commit a bunch of bodies to it. Notre Dame prides themselves on hitting people in the mouth, being the big bad bully 
when they show up on the field. So it's, it's going to be a great matchup to see. Without a doubt. Now that we've covered it from the Notre Dame side, the NC State side, I think it's time for some predictions. That's coming up right after this. College football season is here, and this season, Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On College Football Live. Each Friday, Locked On will go live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube channel. College Football Kickoff Live will cover playoff implications, conference rivalry games, and go in-depth like only Locked On can. Our stable of Locked On College hosts covering their team every day. Find Locked On College Football Kickoff Live every Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. Our second sponsor for today is Game Time. If you're looking for last-minute tickets to this big-time Notre Dame-NC State game, this Saturday in Raleigh, look no further than game time. Forget planning months in advance, especially because you got about 48 hours. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, you name it. Game time has got it. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best prices. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you up to 110% of the difference. That is incredible. So, Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, and again, create an account, use redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, now we're going to be closing out this crossover episode with some predictions. So, Tyler, we will start with you. If NC State is able to pull off this upset, fill in the blank for me, what happens? I think they caused a lot of turnovers. I think they forced Sam Hartman to the Sam Hartman of old, and he got a little erratic. But honestly, in order for that to happen, they're probably going to have to contain the run game. I don't know if you're going to be able to completely stop Notre Dame from running the ball, but if you get Notre Dame, if you stuff them on some first and second downs and you force Notre Dame into some third and longs, and like we've talked about a lot in this podcast already, Notre Dame hasn't really had a real proven wide receiver step up this season uh, when it really matters. So if you're able to stop the run and contain it to an extent and force Sam Hartman into some throws that, frankly, he doesn't really want to make, create some havoc plays, create some turnovers, then Notre Dame could be in a situation late in the fourth quarter where they're in a hostile environment, their backs against the ball. And up to this point, we haven't seen uh, what Notre Dame can do in that situation just because the situation hasn't presented itself. So if NC State is able to force some turnovers, uh, I think it, this game could go down to the wire. Certainly hoping so. Of course, like we mentioned, Sam Hartman has a bit has been a bit turnover prone facing NC State, but we're going to have to see if his new situation uh, produces some different results for him. Yeah, and I absolutely agree with the uh, the turnover bit because I'll tell you this much: not only is it the turnovers that I think would would be important here in terms of who wins that battle, but just if this game is exciting, I think that plays to NC State's hands a lot because when you think of an exciting game, you think of what ton of big plays being hit all over the place. And when you think of which team has the better big play capability at the moment, you you probably say NC State in this matchup uh, as we know it. Yeah, and you mentioned the explosive plays that NC State lacked against UConn. You might not need that many if you're causing turnovers and getting the ball in short field and giving your offense uh, not that far to go in order to score some points. But, right. Kenton, I'll flip it back to you. NC State, or excuse me, Notre Dame wins this game if blank. Notre Dame wins this game if they make it boring. I just talked about being exciting and hitting all the big play. If if Notre Dame is able to make this a hard to watch, we're going to get six, six and a half yards per carry, nothing sexy. 
just straight power football. Hey, we're going to gap football. This is right where we're running. Aim off the uh, the outside leg of the guard, inside leg of the tackle, and make some shake. If they're able to do that up and down the field and make this thing very unexciting and uneventful, Notre Dame's going to win this game. That I have no doubt in my mind about that. Now, if NC State can make this thing exciting, that that's a different story. But if Notre Dame gets the game that they want, which is nice and slow and boring, and we're going to control the clock and we're going to keep our defense fresh and all that, then Notre Dame wins this thing easily. All right, Grayson, what about you? Yeah, I, I kind of want to echo Kenton here. I, I believe Notre Dame will win if they can successfully play bully ball. You know, we hear a lot about the physicality on both sides of the ball, the strength in the offensive line. The defensive line is going to be going up against an offensive line, NC State, that had some rough sledding in week one. So if Notre Dame is able to control the line of scrimmage like they have been accustomed to doing so far this year, then, yeah, I, I think they very well could make it a boring game. And if you get the crowd out of it early, if you get you know NC State playing from behind, it could get ugly, unfortunately. But I'm still expecting a pretty decent game uh, for at least three quarters, hopefully. But I think if Notre Dame is going to win this game, they're just going to come in and out-physical NC State. Yeah, that's sort of the team's identity that's been uh, sort of the mantra all throughout fall camp. I heard plenty about how Notre Dame's practices were some of the most physical and tenacious practices that they've seen in a long time. And sometimes when you hear that coming out of camp, it's like it feels like lip service. But then we started to see it on the field on Saturdays. And even though they were playing Navy and Tennessee State, uh, it's a physical group on both sides of the ball. So this will be their first chance to really establish that identity going up against a team who's actually quality. So we've talked a little bit about what's what it's going to take for either team to win. I think it's time we get to some predictions. Kenton, you want to give me a final score and maybe uh, what happened? You know, I ah, this is tough because I, I hate to say this, but I'm going to sound like the uh, the head coach from FDU. The more that I watch this Notre Dame team, the more I think <laughs> NC State can beat this team. The more I watch, the more I think, hold on now, Tennessee State can keep this thing close and can sustain the drive here. I don't know why, why NC State wouldn't be able to. But with that being said, I don't know if we can hold up against the run for four quarters while also breaking in some new linebackers who, who played a good amount of ball, but this isn't the senior laden, extremely experienced. Everybody was at least four years in a program group of guys we had last year. Um, and gap discipline was a problem last week, but the only positive about that is Notre Dame doesn't run a ton of zone. They're, they're a power gap scheme, which means you know where it's coming. You know it's downhill, maybe bounce outside. You know the place is going to be. So I think that Notre Dame wins a close one, 24-21. All right, Grayson, what do you think? All right, yeah. So, I mean, my concerns here are still with the physicality. I, I'm a bit concerned that Notre Dame will essentially bully us into submission um, you know, Kent and I gave our season predictions for NC State about a week ago. We both actually predicted that Notre Dame wins this game. Despite a week of, you know, drumming up my best optimism, I'm still going to pick the Irish here. I think they're going to essentially run away with it late. I think they're just going to control the line of scrimmage for most of the game. And I, I don't necessarily think they'll win because of Sam Hartman, but I think you're going to see, you know, somebody driving a nicer car uh, than what he previously was. So, I have Notre Dame by a score of 31 to 16. 
Okay, so we're pretty close because I predicted on my show yesterday that Notre Dame would win 31 to 20. I think during the first half, this game is going to be pretty back and forth. But I think the reason that Notre Dame is going to pull away, especially in the second half, is, and it kind of goes back to Ken's point, I think Notre Dame is going to get things easier than NC State. I think NC State, and specifically Brennan Armstrong, he might break off some big plays, convert on some long third downs and things like that. That's is the reason why NC State is able to stay in it. But as the game goes on, Notre Dame should be able to consistently get like four to five yards on the ground, quick passes that are easy first downs, and then they get into third and manageable, and then they're able to convert. Over the course of four quarters in a game, I think that's going to make it a lot easier for Notre Dame to pull away late. But I do expect this to be a battle uh, for most of the game, and we're going to learn a lot about both of these teams one way or another. I'll, yeah. I'll say this. I'll say this. I'm, I said this about Duke and Clemson last week, and I'll say it again for, for this. Yes, I have Notre Dame, but this is not. Y'all both got a, a double-digit spread. I'm not necessarily sure if I go there. I'm not necessarily sure because these teams, you know, it's the old saying that fighters don't make fights, styles make fights. This is a situation where the things that these teams do well and poorly perfectly match up with one another. NC State loves stopping the run with minimal amount of bodies in the box, but if they do decide, hey, let's let's commit some extra down there, then you're counting on Notre Dame being able to win on the perimeter where defensively that's probably NC State's strength. And then if you look on the other side of the ball, when Tennessee State was able to sustain um, a drive and keep the ball away from Notre Dame, they did so because consistently now, they were just finding guys open underneath. And, and as much as I like y'all cornerback duo, I do agree to that. And as, as senior laden as that linebacking core is, it just seemed like in zone coverage, there just were times where guys weren't on the same page. And, you know, Tennessee State, I believe their team name is the Tigers or, or something along those lines. Yeah. I, there were some tigers. tigers. Yeah, there were some Tigers running wide open underneath. And I'll tell you this much. That was the main place that NC State made hay in the passing game last week. So if that is the case and KC is able to get a bunch of passes that are five and out, if you're able to get Julian Gray to ball a lot underneath and let him do his thing, don't be surprised if NC State fans, I don't know if they'd storm the field. They probably storm the field. Right? They would storm the field. Yeah, they, they don't be surprised if you see some folks standing on Tuffy having a party. This marquee matchup will begin at 12 p.m. Saturday on ABC. Of course, the spread is Notre Dame by about a touchdown. It's seven and a half at the moment. But that will do it for us here on this crossover episode. Tyler Wojak of Locked on Irish. Thank you, Tyler, for hanging out with us, breaking down this big-time game on Saturday. We're looking forward to a great one. Me too, man. Can't wait.